<laughs> My daughter just counted in on the beach. She's never done that before. Hey! Showing off. In front of the boss. Hey! Welcome, welcome, and welcome again to the Keith Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Battle. And I am in the holiday spirit, or spurt, as we say here in the DMV, I'm in the holiday spurt. It's truly the most wonderful time of the year, in my opinion. I just love it. I love the lights, the colors, the decorations. I even love the snow. I call the snow a beautiful mess. It's a season of eggnog and desserts and hot chocolate. Time with family and friends is special. And for those of us who are Jesus people, it's the time that we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm all for it all. Anyway, we're back with another edition of the podcast, and we've got two powerful, influential women on the podcast today that we're going to chop it up with. I'm not not sure if chop it up is... Chop it up works. Okay. I don't don't know relevant terminology. No, chop it up works. Okay. We're older millennials, so... So they're not supposed to be talking yet because they haven't been interviewed, (laughs) but they're actually telling me that I'm still cool, so that's cool. So, you know, anyway... One of those people that you may have just heard is Mrs. Christina Jones. No, that was Keisha you just heard. Okay, that was Wow, wow, okay. So now she's, Keisha's been introduced. Miss um, <laughs> Christina Jones is a proud resident of the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. D.C. or what? Nothing. Or nothing. You got to get with that. Nothing. She's not she been serves, there that long, so she doesn't well, know. Well, you, you hey, let me finish my little introduction yeah. that I wrote out. <laughs> that y'all y'all okay. doing too much. She, der- <laughs> she serves as the first lady of Zion Church Woodbridge, whoop, whoop. where her husband Jason, Jason is the lead pastor. Mm. Jason Rollins. Jones. Jason Rollins. Pastor Bay. Huh? We're not yes. calling him that. She's currently the special counsel for stri- strategy. Strategic. Strategic. You know, I went to... You know, I did went. I didn't go to the best schools. I went to Fremont Heights too. So it's better when you went. <laughs> it was better when you went. Christina's a strong. You left too. I did. Yeah, you went in right one year. Let's right get up out of here. Let's go. Yeah, school without halls. <laughs> oh Lord. Christina is a strong advocate for sexual assault prevention, and she's also focuses. She also focuses on policy and programming for youth in Washington D.C. She's a graduate of the University of Maryland and received her law training and, J- and JD at Howard University School of Law. H-U. H-U. You alongside know. attorney Christina Jones is her sidekick and partner in podcast them. Wait, you didn't, wait, wait, wait. You didn't mention the cat. Oh, my god! I didn't gosh. have that in there. Are she has a serious? cat named Zamunda. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, when people come on your <laughs> podcast, and just, this has already been a takeover. Miss, Mrs. Shakisha Morgan. Shakisha is an entrepreneur, attorney, a consultant, practicing in the DMV. She is the former president of the Women's Bar Association of Prince George's County, who succeeded (laughs) 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 attorney Christina Jones in that seat. She's a member of the Maryland State Bar Association. Merlin. Former president of the Women's Bar Association. Mm-hmm. She's a member of the Franklin Born Bar Association. <laughs> All the blacks. The Prince George's County Bar Association. Yeah, bar the blacks. Life. You must do a lot of drinking. <laughs> In my own life. And the Georgetown Laws Women's Legal Alliance. Shakisha received her JD from Georgetown Law. She's also a graduate from Stanford University, y'all. That's right. Shout out to the West Coast. It just got smarter in here just when I just said that. (laughs) Like smart enough for the whole room, right? (laughs) She also mentioned she's an adjunct professor, proud professor at UDC School of Law here in Washington, D.C. That's right. All the blacks. And there's so much more I can say about both of these ladies, but I'll conclude by saying that they're also the hosts of their own weekly podcast. The Mary and Martha podcast. Yep, yeah. It's a podcast for women of color to understand the Bible in a way that is relevant to their daily lives. The Mary and Martha podcast launched in March of 2019 and has over 10,000 downloads. No, no, wait, wait, 22,000. Ah, now updated that data. Has, yes. 22,000. Christina stays on top right. of that, dude. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's actually 22,014. Yes. Right. I, I can read yeah. it out. All right. Ladies, welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. Hey. Yeah. Took us five minutes to introduce y'all. <laughs> Let me start by saying how proud I am of both of you for not only the work you do, but also for what you both stand for as women. Oh, thank you. And if women of faith and integrity while you're doing it. So, bravo. Thank bravo. You, That's a good spot for a hand clap and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're going to put that in there. So, anyway, you both are lawyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all argue for a living. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of, sort of. Correct. Y'all work hard to get people to see things your way for a living. Correct. Absolutely. That is uh-huh. absolutely correct. Uh, y'all present yes. your case with temerity and clarity for a living. And that, tenacity, that absolutely. While poking correct. holes in your opponent's case and position for a living. Correct. Am absolutely. I right? And no lies. Well, I would also Wait, say, wait, wait. Let me I mean, finish. Let me say the question. What a unique type of attorney. <laughs> you know? Right? Yes. All yes. that you do for a living. On occasion. So yes. what happens when you get home? And your husband's trying to make his point. He ain't got a shot. Did Jason Jones tell you to ask this question? No, I just I just figured that. I was like, think if I was married to a lawyer, I would just just go. I would just go like this every. I just throw my hands up and just say, you know what? Never mind. Well, see, I, I think what I try to tell women is you have to learn how to turn it on and turn it off, especially mm-hmm. women who are very like bosses mm-hmm. who have a certain sphere in the workplace where they have control over people or things you got to learn how to come at home and like not do that at home i can't cross-examine jason every time we have an argument because then i may win but i'm not gonna be happy wow mm. and here i come with uh an- another perspective <laughs> <laughs> that's why, why we not? podcast go host <laughs> So here's my, and act, it's funny because actually Joseph was talking about this the other day. Um, Your husband's name is Joseph. Yes, his yeah. name is Joseph. She didn't put you in the bio, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had that conversation all the time in Mary Martha's podcast. <laughs> so, okay, so my husband loves that I always stand prepared for a debate. Mm-hmm. We don't argue, we debate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has this kind of, he has this little thing that he always does because he's like, I know that you've come prepared. So if you kind of come to talk about something, I'm not ready because I know you have all of your relevant evidence. Mm-hmm. He'll hit me with the, you know, let's talk about this next week. So he gives himself time to prepare <laughs> his case yeah. to come back. So we enjoy that. But we, I mean, we've known each other for a very, very long time. And so, you know, that's we enjoy we're very we're very attracted to each other intellectually so i enjoy Good. debating with my husband mm, but i'm also thrilling. i'm also yeah. a unique type of attorney i'm an estate yeah. planner so i don't always just i don't argue she don't litigate so like i uh, i do litigate room. i do well, litigate if somebody doesn't have their stuff together i will but i litigate very seldomly right yeah, she doesn't at litigate this point as much as. i litigate much less so the conversations i have are very much about bringing families together right so that's how i use my get on my side skills now good get good. on my side so i can help make the family better type of stuff so all y'all listening who are north of 50 especially you gotta get that estate stuff together you know yeah we all do up, yes absolutely the firm yes the, the griffin, griffin firm. firm yes and uh specifically ask for keisha nim <laughs> you, know, wait, black. you know i work with all black women yeah our firm is all saying, black saying, women keisha nim nim. all believers <laughs> Oh, that's really nice. Yep. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Let me press this point out a little bit. So you both are bosses in not just in the colloquial sense, but mm-hmm. professionally, right? Mm-hmm. You both literally lead in some way in the corporate sector, whether it's running a program or giving direction to a re- direct report or something mm-hmm. or overseeing a bar association formally. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. So how do you perform the dance of leading all day and following at home? You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. And is that a challenge for you all? If, if, or is the word submission a challenge for you? Just curious, since you all are relevant Bible people. <laughs> has that you know, I, so, so I would definitely say that at first it was. When mm-hmm. I first got married, it was very much so a power struggle. It was very much so I'm used to... Um, getting my way and working hard and doing what I need to do in order to make something happen for me. But in a marriage, it's you can't do that. You have to depend on another person. It's not that, hey, if I study every night, I get an A in this law school class and then I'm putting myself in a position to be prepared for the bar. Mm-hmm. All that has to do with me. Marriage has to do with us. So at first, there was a, for, uh, for at least me and Jason, there was a lot of bumping heads. Mm-hmm. And then I had to realize one of my um, married mentors uh, and I were having a conversation and I came to the realization that I lead everywhere all day and sometimes it is refreshing not to have to lead all the time at home. Wow. So I don't have to make every decision because I have a husband who is willing to step up and make decisions for our family. Not that I don't have input. Sure. But sometimes it's comforting not to have to do it all 
the time. So wow. picking my battles, I definitely have things that are non-negotiables that I'm like, no, this mm-hmm. this is a non-negotiable for me. But they're like two or three things. But learning how to um, be okay with relaxing at home mm-hmm. and being that wife and letting myself be waited on by my husband, who's my leader. Wow. So, I mean, I... <laughs> might be a little controversial here i think i have the easier job submitting because uh the bible says that joseph has to give his life for me Mm, so that's true um it didn't say anything about me having to give my life for him so i'm like well i could still be here (laughs) so i really get what i see as the easier job but in all seriousness when i look at when i looked at the man that i wanted to marry I knew that um, I wanted to have a man who I knew trusted God so much mm-hmm. that the um, the dance of submission, the art of submission um, was going to be something that made me feel safe and protected. Mm-hmm. And so I trust God immensely about the relationship that I have with Joseph and I trust Joseph immensely. Um, I also know that Joseph doesn't make decisions without me being okay with them Mm -hmm. so even though he's leading it's um leading and protecting our family um but he doesn't leave me behind you know so he's not leaving yeah he's not leaving Mm -hmm. he's leading Mm -hmm. you know and i I trust him to lead because married two j's yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean if he if he's got to be the one that sacrifices his life why wouldn't he be out front you know when you're going into battle the ones yeah. who go out front yeah. are the ones who give their lives first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, so we operate in that way. And Joseph and I have known each other for about 20 years. Mm. And uh, I was actually just joking with my hairdresser that she she was asking me like about the trajectory of our relationship. And when I was going through it, I was like, oh, yeah. So Joseph told me we were going to start dating again because we were high school sweethearts. And then as adults, we got back together. And then I was like, and then he told me that he was like, you know, I think it's time we got married. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then he was (laughs) like, all right, I think it's time we have children. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I look at it, the big decisions that we've made, Mm -hmm. because I trust him so much, because I trust God so much, that, I wouldn't say it's not been a problem. Mm -hmm. But um, like Christina said, I mean, I enjoy watching him do his manly thing. Yeah. I'm totally fine with it. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, go ahead. And That's see, great. also, one thing we've said on the podcast before is that you need to marry a, a man who wants to please God more than he wants to please yeah. you. That's good. Because if you're always trying to please me, you're going to fall short because my expectations are going to change every day. Yeah. Absolutely. But if your goal is to really <laughs> you please. Know it, right? and, and I yeah. I know it. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're going to start at one level. I'm going to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, to next level. Then I'm going to go sideways. Then you're going to be like, wait, And wait, I need wait, you wait. to be like, Keisha, God said, hold the, on, The wait. Lord said, <laughs> you need yeah. to sit down. <laughs> like, come back over here with me. With me and Jesus. Right. side. So that's probably my best advice for like any woman who's looking for a mate. Like Mm -hmm. find somebody who loves God more than he loves you. And And also is not intimidated by any quote unquote boss status. Absolutely. You know, my first my first thought was let's talk. I want to talk further to the ladies who are listening to learn from your lesson. But then I said, no, let me talk to the guys out there and know what you really need to be working on to be prepared for somebody that if you're shooting high, let's mm-hmm. say you're shooting for somebody who's who is a boss, mm-hmm. like what you really need to be working on is your is your allegiance to Jesus, mm-hmm. because yeah. in both of your situations, what 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 you what you have is a trust that this man is not going to be reckless. Yep. Right. Because if he's driving the car, you need to know he's sober. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So that's very important. I so. may have a shovel in case he drives into a ditch. Right. But I know at least like the direction he's going in is at least good. And if there's a yeah. pitfall that he may not see, that's why I'm there in the car with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's briefly talk about, by the way, we have with us on the podcast today, these beautiful and powerful, brilliant women, Ooh. attorney Christina Jones and attorney Shakisha Morgan. Um, let's briefly talk about the judge in the Amber Geiger case in Texas. Remember that? The hugger. Tammy Kemp. Mm -hmm. The hugger. Mm -hmm. Who recently, well, not recently, she publicly defended her actions to embrace Mm -hmm. the convicted murderer in the case. Mm -hmm. Following the victim's brother doing the same thing, Judge Kemp also appears to have given Officer Geiger a Bible and shared with her where 
to begin reading it. Mm-hmm. She was literally witnessing to this lady. And Judge Kemp's uh, defense of her actions was by stating, as a Christian, we're supposed to show compassion. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure this brings up a lot of facts and feelings <laughs> from you ladies. So share with Waiting me. Waiting for that one, haven't you? First of all, <laughs> share with me your thoughts on this. And then secondly, as a Christian attorney, mm-hmm. have either of you found it in any way challenging to marry your faith to your practice? Or do you just keep those worlds separate? And veil from one another. Are you supposed to keep them veiled and separate? Mm. That's a good question. Those are great questions. I'll start with the second question. Okay. And then I'll go to the first question. Because I think it informs it. So I um, include my faith in my work. Mm -hmm. But I include it in a very intentional, not intrusive way. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there have been times when my faith has definitely come up at work. Where I've been giving a presentation. Let's say I give a... Case in point, I gave a presentation to kids about sexual assault and consent. And then afterwards, I had a girl come up to me and say, you go to Zion, don't or don't you? Aren't you one of pastors? Wife? You talked about prostitution at church a couple weeks ago, right? And I'm mm. like, yeah, in mm. fact, in fact, I am. And then she was like, I can tell by the way you present, mm-hmm. by the way, it just it comes out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also is a certain compassion that I've always had as a Christian, even as a prosecutor, because I, I was mm-hmm. a prosecutor for eight years before I came into my policy position. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way as a black female prosecutor in Prince George's County and in D.C. that you have to treat people that is biblical. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm looking at that person as a person and not for what the thing that they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And for me as a prosecutor, one of the toughest things for me was sentencing. Like I hated sentencing because I felt like, you know, why do I get the opportunity to tell somebody that they need to be in jail for X number of years. And mm-hmm. I remember specifically as a prosecutor, it really affected me when I had a triple, um, three-hole defendant murder case and all three people were found guilty. And all three people went to jail for 60 years. And one of the people was my same age. Mm-hmm. And that really just affected me so much because mm-hmm. it was just like, I could have been on that other side of the aisle mm-hmm. if I made those same decisions or had that same environment that that mm-hmm. person had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to have that compassion as a Christian in the courtroom, definitely. But you still had to do your job. But I right? still, I yeah. still have to do my job, and that's for me. Um, I think the judge was out of line for hugging her mm-hmm. because yeah. she would have never hugged a black man defendant. And I, and if if you go back, I would say if I were in Texas, well, it's also Texas to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. um, I would go back and ask, how many times did you hug a black man you put in jail? Mm-hmm. Is this just because this this woman is sitting here crying, or is it because you really feel like this about every defendant? And it's not for for as an officer of the court. There are certain things you just should not do professionally because it, mm-hmm. it calls into question your judgment. That our it. judgment has to be unbiased at yep. all times. Yep. Now, even even in, in light of the fact that the sentence and everything had been made, mm-hmm. you yeah. still feel like her yep. judgment so, was clouded. So judges, ha- was judges have a particular um, higher standard mm-hmm. of um, and like not showing any impropriety at all in the Mm -hmm. actions that they take Mm -hmm. she could have still been compassionate without needing to hug her Mm -hmm. you know because especially knowing that that um knowing that the hearing was televised right people Mm -hmm. were going to see it she really needed to be and and knowing the sensitivity Mm -hmm. in the community around the case Mm -hmm. i understand what she said i still think that that particular thing was she she cannot be mad at the way that people have reacted to it Mm -hmm. um it's way too sensitive of a a case and she has approached it from in this case this is what i did Mm -hmm. but the community is going to look at it within the context of criminal justice right Mm -hmm. of how other defendants have been treated Mm -hmm. and so maybe she would have treated somebody else that way but unless she got a tape to roll Mm -hmm. to show people that she hugs black defendants and male Mm -hmm. defendants and you know everybody Mm -hmm. in between Mm -hmm. Then for this particular case, given the level of publicity of the case, she should have been super and extra careful. Now, the one thing I would want to say about being a Christian and an attorney is there's no but for me because Mm -hmm. there is no way that I could be the professional that I am without being the Christian that I am. There's no way that I could be as successful as I've been without the discretion of Jesus, without the discernment he's given Mm me. Calling on him in heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. there's certain things that when I'm thinking of, um, 
case theory or I'm reading through evidence and I'm picking out things that are helpful mm -hmm. or I'm helping a family figure out how to come together over an estate plan. Okay. There are things that I have heard mm -hmm. myself say that I'm like, oh, thanks, Jesus. Appreciate yeah, that yeah. because I, w I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. So, mm -hmm. yes, Christina is right about the compassion that you show people mm -hmm. um, because typically if someone is interacting with a lawyer, something has happened. Right. I mean, I'm on the other side when I'm doing estate planning. That's pre-planning. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you, even yesterday, every one of my morning clients cried. Mm. And it's because the first one had to talk about some tough stuff going on with her family that we needed to plan around. Mm -hmm. And the second one talked about how she knew that Jesus led her to me. Mm. And if I mm. separated my faith mm -hmm. and my career, I wouldn't have been able to respond to her the way yeah. that I did. Right. There's a level of discernment that Jesus gives me yeah. mm -hmm. that I couldn't be the type of professional, the type of lawyer, um, the type of colleague that I am mm -hmm. if I tried to separate the two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he informs my everyday moves. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that says there's a time to embrace mm -hmm. and a time mm -hmm. to refrain from embracing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess that was not the time to embrace. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was that was the time to refrain. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, the Bible thing, she said that the girl asked her for it. So, um, I mean. No. Yeah, it just. Or, or I would have done it after. Like, yeah. okay, we're in the middle of an open court session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, I can get you a Bible from your attorney, but no. Yeah. She also gave her her personal Bible. You know, it's, it's just, just mm -hmm. it's just like, like you just have to they be gone, so Listen specific. To them. They gone, they gone. On this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shift right, gears a little bit. For a moment. One one of the ways that you all express your faith publicly, publicly, mm -hmm. and proudly as as and passionately as well as passionately as you are about the law and justice mm -hmm. and and estate planning, is on your Mary Martha podcast That's right. so tell us about that tell us about the podcast and how how it all came to be how it came about so uh <laughs> all right how do i shorten the story <laughs> so um i i worked for a private firm uh before i got married and um it wasn't there was this was a time when tamir rice got shot you know there was a lot of publicity around black men who were getting shot mm -hmm. and i felt like i wasn't using my law degree for what i told god i went to law school for what you tell him you went to for to help people okay um and i was making a lot of money for corporations mm. and it wasn't wasn't doing anything for what, me yeah and so um in november of uh so august 2015 i got married november 2015 uh, my grandfather passed December 31st, 2015 was my last day at that firm. I had mm. to go. God had been telling me to go, but I was like, I Did need Joseph the money. Did Joseph tell you to go too? Because he told you when to get married. He told you when to date. <laughs> well, he told you when to have a baby. He, tell you he didn't because he wasn't my husband. At he when, was. No, 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 no. He wasn't my husband when God told me to leave the firm. Oh, you God told me to leave the firm I got before I got married. I got and you. I was like, but I need the money because we're about to get married. And I he was you. like, you, okay, you do what you want then. Fine. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> so I left yeah. the firm. And I went on a mission trip to Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And on the way to the mission trip, I was my job was for a week. And this to is lead. the short story of how mm -hmm. the podcast works. <laughs> <laughs> to lead the young yeah, adults. Like preachers. <laughs> to lead the young adults. Mm -hmm. And Christian Bible study for a week. I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I said, Let me try and find a podcast that's gonna give me some ideas. And every podcast I found was some old white man. Mm -hmm. And then there was like T.D. Jakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why is there no podcast that talks to people that looks like me? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. do you have to be a preacher to have a Jesus podcast? Mm. And so March of 2016 was when God told me to start the podcast. Mm -hmm. And when did we start the podcast? March of March 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all a little slow, huh? So no, we, not y'all. Well, she. Oh, she heard. God, I in yet. God knew I, I needed you. a partner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was at her house so you, one day. After you succeeded her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I handed the throne. <laughs> the throne. 
have it. I was at her house. I don't want to do it no And more. we were talking about, I don't remember what we were talking. We oh, she had, you had started, you wanted to do a women's Bible study. Yes. Yes. And so I was talking yes. to her about, well, actually, you know, I was actually thinking about this podcast that guy had given me, you know, a, a little bit ago. I didn't really tell her how long yeah, ago this was. Yeah, like, this was like end of summer 2019. So like August, maybe. Yeah. Can't be 2019. 2018. Oh, sorry, 2018. Yeah. 2018. 2018. I'm not, I'm and old, so we decided... <laughs> We decided if we were going to do this, we were going to do this the right way. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing Bible study together for six months. Mm. And we did that before we launched our first episode. And a part of the reason nice. was we wanted to, we're, we've been friends for 10 years mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we have girlfriend conversations, mm -hmm. but we hadn't never done intentional, frequent biblical scripture conversations. So we wanted that conversation for the podcast to be organic because mm -hmm. sometimes when you first start out it just is forced because you're real, real right staccato because you're not used to yeah. it but since we like october 1 to the end of february we constantly said okay weekly we're going to get together and we're going to um like just do bible studies and read different biblically based books mm -hmm. so we did that and in march the first thursday in march yeah we launched mary mm -hmm. martha podcast now yeah. who's mary who's martha I'm Mary. Well, currently, because she's pregnant, she can be Mary. <laughs> that makes sense. When? Hashtag this Mary has known a man. So Mary Hashtag. and Martha switch, switches every week. So mm -hmm. Mary and Martha is about the two sisters. Mm -hmm. um, and what we do is we have a Mary or Martha moment. So when you reflect, when you do your self-reflection for the week, can you identify a Mary moment where you were super present with God and the purpose and, you know, all that he has going on in your life? Did mm -hmm. you know that you were operating correctly mm -hmm. or did you have a Martha moment where you were doing the work, but mm -hmm. you're a little distracted from the right. purpose of the work? Mm -hmm. So that's what Mary and Martha is about. We don't vilify Martha. We just say that you've you've got to be you got to know what side you're on so you know how to move. Turn right. it on and off. Yeah. Right. You got to well, you say that you can't divorce the two like even mm -mm. with your faith and your work. Yeah. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. I love the concept. So how can people I know this is early, but how can people catch episodes, catch y'all? What's the best way of listening to your podcast or even connecting with y'all on social media? So our Instagram is at Mary Martha Podcast. Um, mm -hmm. We are um, we're at Mary www. Always messes up www.marymarthapodcast at um, dot com. Mm -hmm. You can find us uh, on the email at marymarthapodcast at gmail dot com. But you can also listen to us on every podcasting platform. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, yep, um, all those things. Spotify. We are on. And, I love it. and we're pretty active on Instagram by we. No, I by mean, we. Christina. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, give, I'm, I'm not. Give, I'm not the greatest with social media, we. and give I very much <laughs> right over here. Thank you. No shame in my game. All right, let's go deeper. I like to get into what I'm calling the vulnerable stage of our time. Okay. All right. Okay. Y'all ready? Let's reset. Ready. Yeah. So one of my favorite quote quotes is from a man. His name is Apostle Lewis Greenup. He's based in Louisiana, and he says your misery can become your ministry, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So your misery can become your ministry. It's not always. Sometimes our misery is something we hide in shame. So what the devil, in other words, what the devil or even people meant for evil, God can use it for our good. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, ladies. What private pain have either of you survived that has become or is becoming a part of your public service? Um, I brought that up because people may look at y'all and, and look at the two of you and just say, man, they are so successful. And by the way, it's not like, you know, y'all even carry it like that. You know, you're successful, but you're always you're also grounded. But what people usually don't know is what you survived mm -hmm. and overcome to get where you are. So what private pain has become your public service or is becoming that? So um, episode 40, Mary Martha podcast, I actually talked about this a lot. Mm -hmm. You're probably like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know exactly where you were going to so, go. So um, mm -hmm. for me, a lot of people, uh, and I'm, I'm open to talking about it, but I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Mm. And I remember thinking at nine years old, Case actually went to court. We actually went through all the detectives and hospitals and all that stuff. And um, as the case is being litigated, I just remember thinking, like, the prosecutor is just whack. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're not really talking to us. They're not really doing anything. And my offender got like this sentence that just made no, absolutely no sense to me at nine years old. Mm-hmm. So I remember always thinking like, I'm going to be a prosecutor when I grow up because I want to make sure that victims have a voice in the courtroom. Wow. And for me, I beat, went to college, law school, became a prosecutor in the same courthouse with the same state's attorney's office that was prosecuting the case that um, I was a vic- victim number four in back in the mid nineties. Wow. And that was important to me for that reason. I wanted people to say, okay, you know what? She's not a victim. She's a survivor. And this, she understands what is going on with these kids who have been abused. Mm. The funny thing was in Prince George's County, I didn't want, did not want to touch sex cases. Like when I got to the point in my career where I was getting assigned sex cases, I was like, Nope, I'm good. I have no interest in this. I don't want to do it. Um, and I put my foot down and they actually said, okay, you don't have mm-hmm. to do them. But when I got to DC, our sex prosecutor quit and I was the manager of the juvenile section. Mm-hmm. So being the assistant chief, I had to step into being the sexual assault prosecutor. So mm-hmm. I had this entire case of children who were being abused by other children. Mm-hmm. And um, that to me was God saying, remember I told you, this is why you became a prosecutor. This mm-hmm. is why you wanted to go into the juvenile section. Mm-hmm. This is why you wanted to be an advocate because you can understand exactly what these kids are going through and not judge them. Because most kids who are offenders have actually been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. It's learned mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. So for me, and that's kind of how what birthed my whole sexual assault education premise. So I do a lot of consent conversations mm-hmm. in the schools. In fact, I will be doing some um, child abuse and neglect conversations and trainings with Extreme Children's Church. Shout out to Pastor Mike Rogers yeah. um, using my training and experience because for me that that is so important to me. But it's important to really change the narrative of how we look at children. Yeah. Like I, it's fun, so funny. I was teaching by Carson. By the way, Extreme Children's Church is a Children's Ministry of Zion Church plug there. Go Shout ahead. Out to Zion. All right. Uh, I was teaching Carson, and me and Asha and Keisha were joking about it. Like. Hey, when, you know, somebody wants to hug you and you don't want to be hugged, you don't have to hug them. And you can say my body, my choice, Mm -hmm. because we force kids into these situations where they feel like they can't say no. Mm -hmm. And then we tell kids what goes on in this house stays in this house. And then we wonder why child sexual abuse is so pervasive in our community. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. I mean, just like you can see your passion in this area is connected to your pain. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like. It, it shaped your journey, mm-hmm. like what you know your assignment is. Yeah. Anything that Joseph's wife <laughs> can, can, can. Joseph's wife's married know, who is yeah, pregnant. <laughs> you know, we know you didn't come here for all that, but you know. So, uh, at so I'll go out and I'll go ahead and put my stuff out there if you need me to, but I'm in. No, I'm, I'm ready when you are. Go ahead. Okay. Do your thing. All right. Uh, I, I come from a very loving family. Um, mm-hmm. We're very, very close. Um, I'm the middle child of three girls Mm. and I am uh, an introvert, Mm -hmm. classic introvert. And when I was younger, I was both shy and an introvert. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to operate in this extrovert focused world. Um, But one of the things that I used to suffer from is number one, being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And then that misunderstanding would lead to loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I developed in my relationship with God, it was it was very difficult to learn how to love people because I just assumed that at some point they weren't going to get me and I was just going to be by myself again, mm-hmm. you know, and I would just be inward, just inward facing in my own world. Mm-hmm. And as my relationship with God developed and he kind of caused me to kind of be pushed to the forefront, it's because I realized that I could speak to people who also we're suffering from loneliness mm-hmm. and suffering from being misunderstood. Mm. And so when I operate, it doesn't matter what space I'm operating in, but I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that I talk about estate planning because estate planning um, talks about facing kind of your current situation, whether your family situation, friend situation, and making some plans around it. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, But also considering like what your needs are. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And even in my ministries that I've worked in through, um, I go to Kingdom Fellowship with Reverend Matthew Watley, Mm -hmm. who's our senior pastor when we started the young adult ministry. Um, Whenever I'm asked to serve in a particular place, usually I'm there to connect people. Mm -hmm. So that's where my ministry heart is. Mm -hmm. It's about connecting people, letting people know that ultimately you are loved. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I feel my pull. And so it's not in any particular 
you know, there's no there's no linear line between, you know, the the ministry of of helping people who feel lonely to feel loved. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's what I do with my friends. It's what I do when I serve in church. It's what I do when I'm working at my job. Yeah. All of it is to make people feel like they matter. So you're more sensitive to the person who's who you can pick up on the lonely ones in the Absolutely. room, right? And Absolutely. I think I think for people for people listening, I think it's important that you pay attention to your to your historical pain mm-hmm. because there's some assignment connected to it, mm-hmm. and whether it's something as traumatic as what Christina went through, or something maybe less traumatic but still painful. Mm-hmm. Because of how long it endured, it mm-hmm. shaped it shaped how you interacted with people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but but once you kind of recover from that and you have an understanding of it, you got to grab somebody else's hand and walk them safely through that place yep. with understanding. And I think that's all of our people always say, "What's my purpose? What's my why?" Right. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is look at your pain. Your right. pain d- is always connected. Yeah. It's always connected. It's not it's not going to be divorced from your pain because you have to have something that you've you've survived. It's like the hero's journey. It's mm-hmm. always something you got to go through. Mm-hmm. And you come out with this message, this story, this plan, this map right. that you share with other people. So and, thank you all. And for certain things that you up. don't know until you go through. Yeah. Like it's kind of like single people telling married people how For marriage sure. is. Like you don't know it until you're in it. Yeah. And then you come from a place of experience and not just I'm coming from on high and I should tell you what to do because I think I know better than you. And I always think that whenever you're talking about turning your pain into your purpose, that the importance of it is experience yeah. and what you can share with other people. And and completing that experience with some level of healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because because if you're in the middle of the storm and you can't can't speak to somebody else because you're just, you you only notice, yeah. They're like, ooh, she's really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Victims and victors don't sound alike. They just don't. Mm -mm. They just Mm -mm. don't. They're not not hopeful. Yeah. They don't don't give hope. So let's talk about comparisons. Let's stay in this profound place. You ever struggle with that? Absolutely. Like how? How do you how do you struggle with comparisons? People look at y'all and say, Oh, they got it all. But everybody's missing something. Everybody's Absolutely. lacking something. Everybody wishes something was different. How do y'all struggle with comparisons? Middle child. Yeah, so introvert. I know. So here's the thing. I I feel like half the time I'm walking through earth, I'm like I'm like walking and like I'm experiencing things, but I'm also like watching myself experience things. It's a very weird <laughs> mm-hmm. experience yeah. to go through. Yeah, I have a card. Are a you a watching <laughs> yourself right now? It's fine. We're having a therapist it. on the podcast in January, <laughs> so nice. she'll walk me through all of this. Um, I say that to say um, that I don't currently struggle with comparison not to others Mm -hmm. um there was a point where i was struggling because i felt like um you know i had done certain worldly things that said i should be at a certain point and i didn't feel like i was at that point yet Mm -hmm. um but i have had and i i don't i just this is just where me and jesus sit is i have i have a level of confidence in the journey that God has given me mm-hmm. that I I have I've seen what comparison has done to others and I've seen what comparison has done to myself and I talk just about don't it. let myself get there. So talk about it cuz you came out mm-hmm. you're like I Jesus brought me out of that gave me a different perspective on mm-hmm. maybe what I'm to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. So talk about because somebody's listening is living in a life of comparison. Yeah. Whether it's the person across the street, the mm-hmm. dorm mate or whatever, mm-hmm. my roommate, my spouse. Some people compare themselves to their spouse. Yeah. Like, can you talk about where you were mm-hmm. and how you or is it or, you you know, or, and yeah, what was your mm-hmm. what was your in the Greek language? There's a word called ekbasis and ekbasis means escape. It's in First Corinthians mm-hmm. 10. Like God made us an ekbasis from sin. Like. He says, I'll also provide an ekbasis, like a way of escape. Like, mm-hmm. how did you get out? And the way they would do it in military terms, in military times, when when they, when the enemy would, would, would come in on people and they didn't have, they didn't know what they would do. Mm-hmm. When somebody found an escape, that's what they would say, ekbasis. 
Like hmm. they would say that to each other, and people knew they they would follow that word That's out of it. So what was your ex, what was what were you trapped in from a <laughs> all right from a comparison standpoint? And was your well, how'd you get out? We graduated from law school at a time when it was very tough to find a job. So I graduated from law school in 2010. Yeah, but I had a, a great pedigree, right? I went to Stanford. Yeah, I went to Georgetown. Right, and I graduated without a job. Yeah, that's tough. And um, so I, I had to take like a fellowship. She should have went to Family Heights. She'd have been good. Yeah, she'd have been fine. <laughs> we good. She, she went to Roosevelt. I went to Roosevelt. Eleanor she Roosevelt. Went to, yeah, she went yeah, to Family Heights. Best school, best little <laughs> okay. school in our little All city. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring Roosevelt up. There's oh. pain there. Oh, yeah, so, my daughter wanted oh. to go there. We didn't let her. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry, girl. This is part of better her off. part of her trauma. <laughs> uh, so okay, so I graduated and I didn't have a job. So I was like, cool, I'll just take the bar and I'll be good. I didn't pass the bar the first time. Mm -hmm. And then I was freaking out because I'm like, well, I didn't have a job when I left. And now I didn't pass the bar. How am I supposed to find a job? Mm -hmm. And um, God just, I went to Ash Wednesday service and met a law clerk who was leaving her clerkship early and her judge needed someone to come in quickly. And that's how I got my first law clerk job. Then I had to take the bar the second time. I failed the bar the second time. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to not pass the bar the first time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard thing to fail the bar twice. Mm -hmm. When you went to Stanford and to Georgetown Law. Yeah, that can systemically. Yeah, it was a gut punch thinking. twice. Yeah. And so now at that point, I was like, well, my God, there's no way I can get a job now because now I've been out of law school for a year and can't say that I am licensed. So everyone will know that I had two opportunities to pass the bar and didn't. Mm -hmm. And I said, God, well, how am I supposed to find a job? And in that courthouse, there was a judge who was hiring. And because I was already inside. Mm hmm. I could apply for the job and didn't have to go through the same channels everyone else had. And so I got that job mm -hmm. and that judge kept me on until I found my private attorney job. Mm -hmm. And in that journey, I realized that if I kept focusing on what I didn't have, I wasn't going to recognize what I did have. Wow. And all that time, there were people who passed the bar and didn't have jobs. Mm. I didn't pass the bar. And, you had a and job. I was employed mm. that entire yeah, time. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about my bills. I was able to move out of my parents' house. Mm -hmm. I was able, like, I could pay my bills. I, I was comfortable, all that kind of stuff. And that was what taught me gratitude. Yeah. Like, if I stopped focusing on comparing where I believed I should have been. Mm -hmm. As opposed to where God had me and how he kept me wherever he had me, whatever I was going through, that if that's if that wasn't my focus, then I was going to fall into the hole of comparison, which was going to fall in like a, a deep depression because shoulda, woulda, coulda is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this this is Absolutely. where the world says I'm supposed to be. And God was like, no, because there were lessons I needed you to learn mm -hmm. in these particular jobs that you might not have taken if you had a bar license right and he was taking so. care of you without the bar yeah Pass, right. without passing the bar yeah. and by the way for all of my people who struggle with drinking during the holidays please pass the bar <laughs> pass right on really? by right <laughs> <up in>. <laughs> <laughs> hey christina anything yes. comparisons I, I think for um, a lot of women, it's natural, especially within the age of social media. And it used to be, you know, you only compared yourself to your immediate circle mm -hmm. and you could see behind the mask of your immediate circle. Sure. So if I'm comparing myself, if I'm comparing, let, let's say Keisha and I are comparing ourselves to each other. I know her dirt. So I may be like, uh, girl, get out of here. But like if I'm comparing myself to an artificial social media profile that's only giving me the highlight reel mm -hmm. of their life. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is something that is unhealthy and people, but people do it all the time. So mm. for me, it's like when I start to compare myself with where I think I should be, I just have to check what am I looking at? 
Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm looking at, let's say, like, so right now we're in a season of figuring out what we're going to do about having a baby. Mm-hmm. And if, but if I'm looking at, man, why is a six year old having, having her on her second child? That's not fair. God, that should be me. Mm-hmm. I don't want the circumstances mm-hmm. that that six year old has or right. having two right. or the child Ooh. having two babies at that age with no education. Mm-hmm. So when you really start to peel back what you're comparing yourself to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only the highlights and not looking at the pitfalls, that's how mm-hmm. I can gut check myself. Right. Mm-hmm. With right. what, like, what am I comparing myself to? Right. You know, sometimes, and I don't mean to sound overly spiritual with this, but I really think that the things we give birth to are not always physically coming through our natural womb. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like the things that I've given birth to haven't always been paternal. Mm-hmm. They've been spiritual. And sometimes God wants us to be faithful in raising those children right? yes. because of the impact that they have. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that, you know, to take away anybody's desire to actually know what it's like to have a child and all of that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt spiritual enough to say that. How about that? I shall receive that. Just receive. Shall receive. I shall. I mean, Raise them children. Me and Christina Raise got a baby. Right. I mean, right. Let's marry Martha. And Mary, oh, I was wondering. I just felt <laughs> I'm going to give you one more thing. Joseph's going to be gonna like, go, uh, We're going to stay me. deep one more time. Y'all All right. ready? All right. We're going to stay with this vulnerability <laughs> space. And 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 they answer like preachers, especially Shakisha. Shakisha <laughs> preacher, man. She take twenty minutes to set up her answer. My you know, pastor says that, that, that uh, preachers you know, was, are lawyers I was, without law degrees. That's yeah, what my pretty much. Says. That's what we are. We faking. <laughs> I'm assuming most of our audience does not believe in Santa Claus. I'm not. I don't want to traumatize anyone. <laughs> but if God Himself offered to put just one thing under your tree, just one thing. This year, and you could only get one thing. That 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 means the absolute most to you at this point in your life, more than anything else. What would that one thing be? Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna let Keisha answer that. You're just in there like hmm. because I'm trying. To, I'm trying to be no, really thoughtful. You answer so she can follow your lead as far as the length of the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, okay, so I would probably say if God can give me one thing, it would be, well, one of the things is to figure out where we are with the fertility process mm-hmm. and uh, not the adoption process. Mm-hmm. So like Jason and I, we're going to adopt a child. We got to the end of the process and then they changed the policies in the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. So for us, that happened last year and that was really hard to um, figure out what our hope was going to be again mm. because it's one thing to like go through fertility issues and then be like okay this door is closed let's do adoption and then that door is closed but really figuring out how um, how we're going to hope through the pain because hope is traumatic right so I think for me that one thing would be how uh, God granted me that to hope again okay to open myself up back to that traumatic Situation. Rev. <laughs> <laughs> Does Jason walk in or something? Mm-hmm. Just, um. First giving honor to God. <laughs> Came to fellowship. It was Ash Wednesday. <laughs> I was outside barefoot. And I looked over my right shoulder. <laughs> and I walked in church. She's verbose. Yeah, Working. I am. Um, One thing under the tree. I... I don't know. See, it's a hard. It's hard. It's like the happiest I've ever been in my life. I can tell you what yours is gonna be. What? A happy, healthy baby and delivery and not getting a black neck. Not for Christmas. Oh, that's too soon. Okay, that's a month before her due date. What's a black neck? The next term, blacks in pregnancy. <laughs> so you know, like some pregnant women get black necks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never noticed that till you said it. She's been talking about okay. it. Okay. More time with my grandfather. Okay. Great. I'm now I'm not short. gonna play. I'm not gonna play devil's well, advocate. It. More time, with my grandfather. I miss him. Okay, this is my show. So <laughs> I'm not gonna play devil's advocate, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a pastoral privilege. All right. Here's my next question, connected with the previous one. Okay. If God does not put that which you asked under your tree, and He does not provide that hope or time with your grandfather in your life, what will you still give Him thanks for? Oh, Jason Jones. I love me some Jason Jones. That's bae. 
all day, every day. Great. I love him. He's awesome. Nice. The time that I did have with my grandfather, he came back into our lives very late. So that's why I wish we had more time. But he did come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to still be grateful. Yeah. For mm-hmm. even to know, right? Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Even though I hope Jesus would give me hope because that's what he said in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans give you hope and a future. If you seek me, yeah. you will find me. He said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And right. some Christians die. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. All Christians yeah. die, right? Yeah. So At I some mean, point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are people in Acts and Hebrews 11 that died never receiving the promise. Yep. So Absolutely. So we're here in studio with the Keep Battle Podcast. We got the, the host of the Marion Martha Podcast, Miss Christina Jones and Miss Shakisha Morgan. Uh, we're getting down to the end. Need y'all to move uh, expeditiously. <laughs> this podcast is three times longer than it's supposed to be. <laughs> what is what is one of the biggest threats facing us as a people of color in the legal space right now? In y'all's opinion, mm, not being educated, under edu- not being educated about the laws and the rights and responsibilities you do have. Okay. Under the laws. I think that is a huge threat. And I think that, you know, I don't think it's a lack of we don't want to be we don't want to be educated. But sometimes people, when they feel like the system isn't for them, Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't want to even know what the system is. But you Mm kind of have to, because if you're not learning how to move, you're always going to be a target anyway. So you've got to learn how to move within like what's happening in the legal sphere. So I would just definitely say education. I would say mm-hmm. with it to that point, you guys are so important as conduits and bridges mm-hmm. because we naturally don't want to study anything we don't trust. Yep. yep. And so I'd rather just try to avoid it or run from it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody who you can trust says, this is what you need to understand about it. Let me break, break it down. And I think people who are really brilliant are people who can make complex things simple. Mm-hmm. Not people who can just read Article 13 to me. I still don't know what you said. Mm-hmm. Right. But this, mm-hmm. let me tell you what this means to Carlos. Yeah, that's what I need. I need a lawyer like that. Keisha. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do with estate planning. Right. (laughs) I mean, I would would say access. I might hit you up, too, because our estate planner left us confused and broke. No, you absolutely should. So the reason why I was going to piggyback off of that and say access to education Mm -hmm. is because a lot of African-Americans don't know a thing about estate planning, but it is the one thing that will affect everybody mm-hmm. when they pass mm-hmm. and so that's why whenever we go and whenever i do presentations at churches they're free wow I, you should have seen how she looked at me <laughs> oh man in other yeah. words no. you need to let zion know zion uh, no know seriously we coming, we coming through access to education is yes. a real thing without mm-hmm. the access without without people who look like us yeah. right to give us access to the education mm-hmm. people are unwilling to take that step because there's we look like the people who they distrust but we mm-hmm. don't wow. right but the right. legal field does so we're at the end this is called rapid fire right so you have to answer these questions Rev. <laughs> quickly and succinctly <laughs> as you can right i'm actually terrible at this <laughs> a lot of these will have the concept more in them Okay. More. Okay. Not all of them. Y'all ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Name two people you had a crush on growing up. One can be famous and the other one not so famous. Two people. Romeo from Immature. Okay. I love me some Romeo. Uh, the other one, I don't know the other one would be. Growing up. Um, y'all lawyers, y'all can't even say. Geez. You know, I like Steven, sixth grade. He <laughs> called y'all Oh, up. Oh, I loved Ian Johnson in the sixth grade. Look, I spoke that. I did. Just a little off. Ian Sorry, Johnson. Jason Jones. <laughs> You should have saw her face. Her, her I love <laughs> Johnson in sixth grade. Okay, uh, two people you had a crush on. Jim Carrey. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I real. love funny guys. Mm. And uh, Joseph Morgan, the third, which happens to be my husband. She, 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 that was slick. You that was what? slick. Okay. That was slick. Next that was question. That was smart. Yep, don't be mad. Move on. It's my high school sweetheart. So now she's sleeping Next on the couch with some movie. And you guys, you scored huge. Yep. Who do you trust more, T.I. or Tank? <laughs> <laughs> neither. C. Nah. Yeah. Who neither. do you trust more, the Shade Room or Huffington Post? The Shade Room. They be knowing first. They be knowing first. I'm trying to tell you. All right. That's my black lawyer sister over there saying they be knowing first. <laughs> she just went totally 
Oh, for JD. Is that the shade room? They, yeah. That's my friend, my heights. They be yeah. yeah, all right. We, we can go with them. That's fine. Who do you trust more, politicians or lawyers? Lawyers, neither. <laughs> that's a lawyer talking, y'all. So much for trust. Like, no, politicians. Politicians, I love my job. My job's great. Okay. Well, one of us is you a lawyer. trust politicians more? That's Please. what she said? Yeah, you said yeah. that right? You trust yeah. politicians more than lawyers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She's a policy She's yeah. trying to do policy. She, uh, is her is okay. your boss listening? Is that why? Uh, maybe. Send them a link. <laughs> Please. What do you watch more? Netflix or TV series? Netflix. Mm. I don't watch TV, so Netflix. Um, Netflix, but I like Ratchet TV. Mm-hmm. If I do watch TV. We can tell. Really? Love and Hip Hop is my joint. What do you watch more? The Food Channel or the Home and Garden Channel? Neither. At VH1. Okay. Bravo. These are so hood people <laughs> right here. I guess that's for older people. I was yeah. going to say Blue okay. Planet on Netflix. What's Blue, Blue Planet? Planet? Okay. Uh, what do you watch more? Sports or news? News. I don't watch sports. Yeah. News. I don't watch okay. sports. Next question. What three pastimes or hobbies, three things, would you like to do more? Run. I hiking. love running. Wait, one at a time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That might move it faster though. Run, running. hiking. Hiking. Running, hiking. Go ahead. Two, mm. three things you like to do more. Mm. Hobbies. Uh, so uh, sitting with my friends in college dorm rooms talking about random stuff. Okay. Reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see the introvert. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Read by myself. Yeah. Um, hiking by myself, <laughs> and I'll take a book with me. I can I sit s- on a mountain by myself. <laughs> um, and the last one's probably think pastimes. Um. Could no, I don't know. Okay, I don't got a vacationing. Vacation. Oh yeah, vacation. But I do that. But va- let's go with vacation. There's more. Uh, this one doesn't have a more in it. Describe an ideal date, dream date with your husband. What mm. would it include? Take me through it. What would it include? So what you can say. I right. What you I will say. love the beach. He always says my love language is the beach. I would say Jason Jones takes me on a surprise vacation mm-hmm. to like Aruba. This is a date, a whole vacation. The date is the Have whole. you not met me? Right. I was about to say, are you surprised by this? Because I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He's like, puts yeah. me on a plane. We go to Aruba. We have dinner on the beach and we're wearing all white and like our outfits are flowing because he has on white linen. Mm. And, you know, he's been working out. So his little shirt is unbuttoned because he's cute now. Mm. Well, he was cute then too, but he's even cuter now. Mm. And he has like... Uh, just an amazing dinner on the mm-hmm. beach while the sun sets with candlelight. Mm, Boop. Nice. Bam. Uh, a bomb concert at the Kennedy Center. It's mm. like our favorite thing to do. Mm. Dinner. Uh, communion. And knowing one another. <laughs> <laughs> Adult communion. That's what we call it. Oh, okay. Podcast. I really thought she meant the <laughs> wafers <laughs> and the crackers. No. Like, yeah, because she... No now, wafers. Who would be in concert? <laughs> Um, so one of our favorite ones that we saw at the Kennedy Center was Shaka Khan. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. We had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what the name of the group is? Rufus. I was asking Oh, her, sorry. I'm not bad. No, I'm actually, I'm actually terrible at those things. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another question you asked Connor earlier. Who do you wish you could spend more time with or could have spent more time with in your life that's still here or no longer around. Mm. I need to spend more time with my one of my grandmothers. I don't spend as much time with her as I should be. Okay, you're so, going to reach out to her this week, I, right? I, yes, Good. yes. That's well, Thanksgiving, so yes. Um, my mom's mom I see fairly often, but my dad's mom. I'm not used to her being up here because she lived in South Carolina for a long time, but I need to get reused to. Reused to. Yes. My mother. You're doing them words at night. Yes, What's thank your grandfather? you. grandfather? Okay, we got it. We well, got it I mean, I, my grandfather, He, but he's gone. Like, I have the opportunity to spend more time with my mother right now. Got you. Uh, next question. What are the two What are two of the hardest things for you to say that you know you should say more, <laughs> more of to people? What are the hardest two things to say in your life that you know you need to say more of to people? I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a love by action, not mm-hmm. by words, but I know that it matters. I love you is the big one. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't mean to eat your food. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was the baby. Did you not mean to do uh, it? Or did you just do it because I felt like it? I didn't mean. He said, I didn't, I, I, didn't I, mean, I, I didn't mean to be mean by doing it. It wasn't mean. It wasn't mean. malicious. I didn't mean. I did it because I, I was mean. hungry. Yeah, I did yeah, yeah, we were hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would definitely say I sometimes can have a problem with saying I was wrong. You? Sometimes. You? But I'm getting better at it. In my you old are. age, I'm better. You are. And I would say the other thing is, um, um, I have a hard, hard time saying no sometimes. Oh, that's mm. good. Yeah. No, I try to mm-hmm. say yes a lot. No, I'm it. saying that's good that you noticed that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I say yes. Uh, one thing Jason says a lot is how, wow before how. And I think I'm a wower before a hour like wow that's a great idea let's see how we can do it instead of saying how that gonna happen i don't know about that like, and th- which is funny because that's how me and keisha are mm-hmm. i'm the wow she's the how which mm-hmm. is good in our relationship <laughs> and in the podcast because i always say do not go into business or a marriage with somebody who's your exact clone you gotta have mm-hmm. that person where you can bounce things off of that will tell you no in love mm-hmm. but mean it and then make you better that's gas and You're brakes welcome, in the car. Friend. You're welcome. Yeah, don't, I you love you. You gotta have gas and brakes in the car. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are two of the hardest things to do in your life that you know you need to do more? Oh, work out. Eat? No, no. Eat better. I eat. I eat junk. Just both, right? Eat better. Work out. Yeah, I I work out pretty like okay. three or four times a week. It's eat better. I eat junk. Eat better. I eat donuts. What else? With so you need to do more of. Um, think before I speak. Mm. Okay. So don't shake your head at me. Okay, I was just here to support you. Um, first one is to sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, and second one is to eat less. You can't mm-hmm. eat less now. Got to feed the baby. I right. know, but just as a general sort of matter, I should probably eat less. Okay, girl. I don't eat badly. I just eat a lot. Eat a lot. Yeah. Coming down to the end, y'all. For real. If you could go back to your pre-married days. mm what would you do more of to prepare you more for marriage? <laughs> you want to hear my answer. <laughs> do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first because yeah, you go first. <laughs> I always say the, the thing that prepared me the most for marriage was serving in ministry. Well, that's so nice I would do more, more service in ministry. Mm-hmm. I would say enjoy being single more. Like, I feel like people I had we a don't. Good time, so. Yeah, no, see, I, I ain't. No. So I feel like we're in seasons and mm-hmm. we don't enjoy our season because at some point in time, our season's going to be up and we're going to shift to a new responsibility, a new lane. Mm. So, for example, right now in the season of not having kids, guess what I can do? Travel at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And instead of paying $3,000 for daycare, I can buy a $3,000 Gucci bag and not have to worry about it because this is the season that I'm in. So mm. I feel like for me. This is the season to be changed. This is the season mm-hmm. to be Gucci. Follow la la la. Gucci. So it's just it. enjoying. I should have enjoyed that season more instead of wanting to be married so bad. Single nice. season is it. fun. What made y'all want to be lawyers? You said yours earlier. What mm-hmm. made you want to be a lawyer? I I wanted to help people, and I took a class in high school, like freshman year of high school, called mm-hmm. practical law. And I was like, oh, the law touches everything. They didn't teach that at Family Heights, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually took molecular biology at Family Heights. They had a really good AP bio program. They had a class Were you there long to enough stay, to know how, how to stay okay. free from the law. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? Um, I would have said a teacher in my past life, but I think I would have been um, a really in politics so either working on the hill doing something um but i used to want to be a teacher too a teacher or a stay-at-home mom i want to be a stay-at-home wife but jason jones told me no this is great Mm -hmm. you're too expensive i'm (laughs) gonna ask each of you to do something he needs your budget input (laughs) i'm I'm gonna ask each of you to do something i've never done this on my podcast ever Uh uh-oh not once exclusive 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 i want each of you to briefly pray (laughs) for our audience as God leads you just pray don't make it a sweet hour of prayer <laughs> just talk briefly to the why'd Lord why'd you have to look at me we amen <laughs> Keisha I'm gonna let you lead us into prayer alright Heavenly Father God we thank you for this day God we thank you for the privilege to come together and uh, reflect on who you have called us to be mm-hmm. and the growth that we have experienced um, living in your presence Thank you, God, for the ability to identify the things in our life that you have used 
to elevate our purpose, um, to elevate our platform, um, and to elevate our ministry, God, because ultimately it all comes back to you. So we thank you, God, Mm -hmm. for the privilege to serve, to serve one another, uh, to serve our loved ones, to serve our community, God. We thank you for the privilege of having this conversation with Pastor Battle. Um, We thank you for the connections that we've made, and we thank you for the the awesome opportunity to just sit in your presence. We don't take that for granted, mm-hmm. God. And so we ask that you would continue to call us to gratitude as we move towards walking in your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today, Lord, asking for clarity. And for every person who listened to this podcast, God, Lord, we're coming to you asking that is something that they heard, Lord, today. Lord, let it prick their hearts and call them to action, Lord. No matter what it was, God, whether it was moving them to turn their pain into purpose, God, whether it was letting them know that you will never give up on them, God, that you will always give them a hope in something greater, Lord. Lord, we thank you for everybody who is listening right now, God. Lord, please let this resonate with them, God. And Lord, let them be able to seek you deeper and closer and just have a heart for you based on what they heard today lord lord we thank you and we praise you god lord i thank you for keisha lord i thank you for my faithful partner in this ministry god i thank you for pastor battle who's my pastor and my covering lord lord i thank you for them as they go forth and do their ministries god lord cover them protect them god keep their mind sound lord keep their energy up god keep them focused on you lord lord we thank you and we praise you in jesus precious name we pray amen 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 well ladies and gentlemen that was probably one of the most powerful episodes we've had oh keep battle podcast special thanks to mrs first lady christina jones lady jones and mrs former president of the prince george's bar association ladies i said it before and i'll say it again on behalf of all of us who who are hearing you all this on this podcast we are so proud of you all so proud to call you all our sisters and thanks to all of you tuned in this week and shared this link to bless others i'll catch you back here next week right here on the keep battle podcast